Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm back again with some more college football news. I'm here joined by Jonathan Litskin, a big college basketball um, fan, big college college sports guy in general. Uh, you can listen to his stuff on Marathon to March. Really good, and I really want to bring him along because he has a little bit of a different perspective because he goes to an SEC school. He's a Duke fan, so he's got like he also is, is a fan of ACC stuff. T- ties in a lot of different places. Yeah, also brings in the basketball perspective. So yeah. thanks for having me on, by the way. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome, and so it should be a really good conversation. Of course, we're going to be talking about the whole conference realignment news. Um, recently, this was sparked by USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten starting the 2024 season. This is it's just absolutely absurd. Yeah, basically overnight we found out that USC and UCLA um, were going to leave the Pac-12, and that kind of sparked a chain of events that are still like we're recording this. Let's see, on on Tuesday, July 5th, and I assume that at the end of this week we'll have even more news about yeah. maybe other teams leaving conferences. There's been talk about what other Pac-12 schools are going to do because they lost their um, basically two biggest cash cows in, in UC, UCLA and USC. Um, there's been talk about what the ACC is going to do, what Notre Dame is going to do. And just to refresh everyone, the whole recent conference realignment stuff was all sparked earlier with Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma last year, leaving the Big 12 and going to the uh, SEC um I believe that's also in 2024, right? Or 2025. Yeah, 2025, I think that starts. Yeah, 2025. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how USC and UCLA was kind of the Big Ten's counter move to the SEC. And now, like, both both conferences and then the Big 12 is kind of below them. But they're all scrambling to figure out which teams are going to be in our conference in three years and and whatnot. Yeah, in reality, it's an arms race between uh, ESPN and the SEC, like the big broadcaster for college football in the SEC has been driven by ESPN and then Fox is supposed to get um, a large percentage of, of the broadcasting rights and media rights in the Big Ten. So yeah. it seems like both of these major two conferences, these are now like the two main football conferences, um, are basically trying to acquire some sort of like they're, they're acquiring programs who are hopefully going to raise their valuations for when they have to sign an agreement with a media provider uh, which I believe the Big Ten ends in 2024 or 2023, which makes sense with mm-hmm. why they bring on um, USC and UCLA for that time. But what they want to do is they want to raise the price so Fox can spend billions of dollars on Big Ten football, which will now be hopefully more competitive and will definitely be more competitive. Yeah. And it will be more popular nationwide with, with these new acquisitions. Yeah, and... It's just super interesting how most people like don't understand that everything in this is driven by TV and, yeah. and media deals. Like th- this would not be happening if we weren't about to see the increase that that we're going to in, in college football and just conference media deals in general. And I've said for years that the Pac-12 was kind of going to get left behind when this happened because. Yeah. Like, the Pac-12 isn't a moneymaker. They haven't had a team in the college football playoff since 2016 when Washington was there. They typically only have one team in the New Year's Six six games. And, frankly, their times and current TV deal are awful. Like, the Pac-12 network is impossible to get access to. Mm -hmm. Nobody can watch it. And a lot of their games will start at just, like, 
absurd times when nobody on the East Coast and yeah. in Central Time are going to watch their games. Yeah, back when the original rounds, I believe this was like eight to ten years ago, back when the original rounds of TV network deals were um, being finalized with all these conferences, um, finding uh, or making new deals, getting more money into their conferences, Larry Scott and, and the Pac-12 were really behind the curve on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they never seemed to have a good marketing scheme. They didn't quite understand like how they could um, like make the most out of the few popular football brands they had. Mm-hmm. And part of that reason was because, again, like USC and UCLA were really two of the only, I guess, Oregon and Washington you throw in there as well. But yeah. none of the other schools were huge like national brands. And mm-hmm. Of course, people watched college football in LA, one of the largest media markets, but they weren't watching Pac-12 football most of the time. Like they were, they were watching like on a national scale what the games were on. So yeah. the Pac-12 to me, and we'll talk about this a little bit later when we go through what some of the other conferences might have to do in order to survive. But um, Pac-12 seems to have a very like small chance at regaining any sort of relevancy in the in the college football playoff era or in this new era of um, the billion dollar industry. So. Yeah, and, and like their path would be like if the Big Twelve teams came to them, which doesn't seem yeah likely right now considering the Big Twelve just added teams. But no, the the Pac twelve is is toast, frankly, right, right now. Like. USC is now just becoming good again. UCLA has started really getting serious again. Mm-hmm. Oregon just lost their coach, who's who was one of the reasons that USC was like kind of failing yeah. at, um, in a large part. And then Washington had their kind of stretch, but kind of botched the coaching hire after Chris Peterson left. So yeah. the and Stanford's kind of re- regaining their footing, and like those are your five. Like those are the five that people care about in the, yeah. pa- the Pac-12. The rest of the conference is kind of just being. Kick to the curb, and you could even say top three, I guess, if you want to put throw Oregon and Washington in the group with the rest. Yeah. Also, like I, I understand it for the sake of USC and UCLA, and, and those who followed uh, college football on like a national scale earlier, they could see that USC and UCLA were really carrying a lot of the load. They're making so much more money and bringing mm-hmm. in so much more revenue for the Pac-12 than all these other schools that it didn't make sense for them to be treated the same, right? Like, there's no reason why Washington State and USC should be making the same amount. When right. The amount of revenue they bring into the conference was nowhere close to, like, a- any sort of semblance of, of similarity. Yeah, I mean, U- USC, even the last couple of years when they really struggled, like, they played in a Rose Bowl. Yep. They, they, they won, won a Rose Bowl. They play, played in a Cotton Bowl. Like, the, like these teams are playing for, like, way more than anyone else in their conference. And, like, you do have, like, those gaps in other conferences, but it's not as large, and the conferences are already a lot more stable there. And also, there was no real, like, investment arms race within the football programs in the Pac-12, like we saw in the Mm -hmm. SEC and the Big Ten. Like, for example, like, the Big Ten has traditional, like, blue blood football superpowers, Mm -hmm. but... They've also seen, like, with their success, that like other schools have invested heavily in in, in their football programs. Yeah, like, Rutgers went out and got Greg Schiano again. Um, they've invested heavily. Like teams like Iowa have, have invested heavily in yeah. football, and you didn't see that with the Pac-12. And I th- I think that's part of the reason why USC and UCLA were kind of mad at the direction the Pac-12 was heading in, especially in a time when the money is bigger than ever. 
Yeah, you don't want to slice it. and and the SEC is is the same way. Like you have programs now in the SEC that you would never think of, like being football programs. Like now, or like Kentucky has had national relevance the last couple of years. Yeah. Mizzou has started to invest in their football mm-hmm. program very heavily. I'm trying. To th- I'm trying to think of others. South Carolina is on, on the Ar- up and coming. Arkansas for sure. Ar- Arkansas, th- their turnaround was just unbelievable yeah. from from year to year. So yeah, like the like these programs like recognize that like this new TV deal is coming and like they they kind of like they want to be a part of it. Like they yeah. they want to be relevant when the, yeah. when this comes Listen, around because they know how much money's in play. An increase of about seventy million dollars annually mm-hmm. for a team like USC and UCLA. For any team, you can't say no to that. Right. They're, I think they were making probably thirty million in their old deal with the Pac-12. Again, that number would probably increase in the next round of um, TV rights, but it's nowhere near the hundred million that's being thrown around for the Fox and Big Ten deal. So, no. if if you have national relevance, like you're a program like Notre Dame, a program like UNC, which we may talk about later, a program like Clemson, uh, Miami, you're looking around to these to the SEC and the Big Ten. And you're wanting a piece of that pie, mm-hmm. right? And now the hard part is for the Big Ten and the SEC is like, who do you now go after and get who can increase that pie for everyone? Right. And for the Big Ten and SEC, like they're probably going to target like ACC schools. The Big Ten, obviously Notre Dame makes a lot of sense geographically and mm-hmm. just the fact that they have a huge brand make, makes a ton of sense it's, and, it's are, and rivals in the Big Ten already. It's Notre Dame is and has been for forever has been the past like the number one option for the big 10 mm-hmm. that is who they want they're a top five college football brand they're nationally relevant they're in the region they have great strong academics and they just fit what the big 10 does and to like to me the reason you get usc and ucla is to get notre dame yeah like that's why you do it of course like it would be fine if they don't get notre dame and just end up at 16 teams but that's not where i think the conference is heading i think the conference is going to get 20 teams um so basically four new ones on top of the new acquisitions of usc and ucla and i think the sec is going to follow suit and do the same thing yeah and then another big thing about notre dame that that i don't know if many people realize is they play a lot of acc teams pretty much on a yearly basis Mm -hmm. like they'll, they'll rotate teams but like you get Notre like Notre Dame to the Big Ten, like the ACC is then lose like their teams are losing ga- a game because yeah. Notre Dame plays all those teams. Notre Dame isn't even like a full member of the ACC, and yet they drive still a lot of the football revenue to that conference. Yeah. and again, I guess we could talk about it now from the from the perspective of the Big Ten, and the SEC. And this is maybe like a cool exercise we can do, but um, I saw this. I think I got who tweeted this, but it was like a draft basically between I think it was Big Aaron 10, Torres it might have been the Big oh. Ten and the SEC and we could basically take turns picking who we think is the best fit for these conferences um, and kind of like maybe give our reasoning for why they fit that conference um, I don't know we could do you want the SEC or the Big I'll Ten I'll take the SEC we'll why take don't we the take SEC. the conferences I'll right. go the Big Ten you know since the Big Ten has the momentum I'll be the first to, to, to pick uh, as okay. well <laughs> And obviously, we talked about it, but Notre Dame is the number one yeah. option for the Big Ten. Um, I don't know if I could do like a double pick here because like you, you take Notre Dame and Stanford, but <laughs> you I can take them both. I'll make the next. I doubt, yeah, I doubt the SEC is going to go after Stanford, but <laughs> Stanford is a team in the Pac-12 that I believe fits the Big Ten, of course, with like the the academic um, prowess that they have, like fits with what the Big Ten wants. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have football history. Like they're not like the biggest in some like the 
in, in terms of like the football brands, but they also have a lot of other sports that they're big in, the Olympic sports. To me, they seem like a Big Ten option, and you bring them with Notre Dame as another piece. So yeah. Notre Dame could join the Big Ten. All of a sudden, they have USC, Stanford, so like two of their bigger rivals, Michigan and Ohio State, and like that should be enough. Mm-hmm. And so I think those two make a lot of sense. I'll, I'll let you go with SEC. And real quick, okay. just another thing about Stanford that people like I probably don't think about is – if you get Stanford, like, and with USC and UCLA yeah. as well, like, the Big Ten actually might, down the line, start being able to make money on baseball, too. Which That's true. Which is, it's not a huge part, yeah, but... Can I talk about my proposition here? I haven't heard this anywhere, but as, like, a Big Ten baseball fan, which is definitely very hard because we're a major conference, yeah. um, the, one of the biggest problems with the Big Ten is that, like, recruiting-wise, they don't play games. Like, they can't play games at the start of the season, whereas... The Southern schools and ACC schools in the warmer weather are allowed to play games so much earlier. So the Big Ten schools have to travel across the country to even play in games. They have no home games. So I think what you should do if the Big Ten does have that West Coast presence is they should just like run basically like tournaments or or games in the months where it's too cold to have it in the Big Ten region. Mm -hmm. Run those games in UCLA and, and USC. And I think you would actually make the conference somewhat formidable in the sense that they could actually play real baseball. Yeah. Baseball, which no, for sure. I would like to see. But So the SEC in this situation, like I think the easy two picks for the SEC here are Clemson and Miami. Mm-hmm. Clemson is the biggest football brand. They've been the only program to consistently be on Alabama's level the last couple of years mm-hmm. in college football. And like this, like, the only things that are being considered here are football and academics. Like they, like as much as I as much as I like basketball and like college basketball is by far my favorite sport. Like this basketball has mostly nothing to do with this yeah. because football is the huge money maker in this. And then while Miami is down right now, they're kind of in the same like situation that like USC, Texas, like some of those programs are. We're like. They could be just dreadful, like they've been the past couple of years yeah. at times, and they'll still make a ton of money. So yeah, I, I, I would like to have a note on Clemson because at first I was so set on Clemson the SEC. I thought it made a ton of sense mm-hmm. in terms of like the recency of, of Clemson football, what right. they've been able to do. There's something to note though is like when you're making these decisions, you don't want to make a decision on like based on recency, mm-hmm. right? Like. Clemson has been amazing under Dabo Sweeney, at least like in the past five years. But their football history itself is Isn't not, not great. Is not great. I mean, they won a national championship in 1981, but they have a relative, like, their fan base itself is not that big. Like, they wouldn't be a fan base up there with Alabama, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even teams like Florida, like Tennessee. They, they would be probably a, a mid level. They just don't have that many students to yeah. our alumni. And Clemson's just, to me, it's interesting because if you're the SEC, you don't want to pick up a team because they've done really well recently and then maybe Dabo does something else or, or something happens and the school doesn't have the like the, the history, the tradition, the resources mm-hmm. necessary to keep up their level of success. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you have another team in there that you're splitting your revenue with who's not bringing in that same amount. Yeah. they, they I mean, they just lost both their coordinators. So, like... Yeah. Like... The, like it's definitely possible that like you're on you're onto something here. So. Again, like if you think that Clemson will be a top twenty program for the next twenty years, mm-hmm. then you take good a investment. Puppy. Yeah, you're good fine investment. with that. But they're not a team where you can just like they're not even like UCLA where you can 
acquired UCLA, they might suck, but they still have that LA market. Yeah. Right? They still have that West Coast presence. You acquire Clemson, it's not really out of region. So like those same fan college football fans in that region are probably going to watch. I, I mean, they're, you have an argument that they're not even the biggest brand in their own state yeah. in, in your conference. And they're watching, they're watching SEC football anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Like how many? How many? Like, if you look at the state of South Carolina, like, how many of them are watching SEC football versus ACC football, non-Clemson? Right. That that's where you have to make the distinction. I again, like, if I was the SEC, I would take Clemson just for that, like, come back at the Big Ten just to get some more momentum. Mm-hmm. But people are saying that this is like a done deal, like a home run acquisition. I'm a little bit more hesitant on that. I get but that. Again, I think that that makes sense as a pick. I think, and then I think with Miami, it, like. People won't realize this like right off the bat, but Miami does give the SEC a different market. Florida, obviously in the same state, but is like Florida and Miami are like six, seven hours apart, like completely different places. Miami's way southern Florida, and like it gets those people like because like you go like you go to Miami like your first thought isn't like sporting events like. Yeah. Like, it gets, like, people who, like, so Miami live the Miami. Up, they can't even fill up their stadium. Yeah. It's, like, 45 minutes away from the, from the campus. Right, which is just, like, like, that's the argument against it, is that, yeah. like, their fan base has, like, something preventing it from, like, being SEC level right now. But they've, they've been SEC level. They have Before, SEC yeah. level history. I would love Miami and the SEC, to be honest. I think they would lose a lot of games. Like, <laughs> I think they would, too. They, I mean, like... Their problem is that, like, the, with their stadium locations, like, they only fill their stadium when they're really good. That, like, that Notre Dame game that they had, and I think in 2017 when they were undefeated, like, that stadium was packed. One of the loud, loudest yeah. stadiums I've ever heard in college football. But, like, what, what happens if Miami goes to the SEC and they're still going, like, 6-6, six 7-5 and six, seven and five yeah. in, in seasons? Like, what, what about this? I haven't really heard this that much, but Miami to the Big Ten. You think that would fit or no? It gives them a different market, which is what you were talking about. Yeah. So, so it, it gives them that aspect, and like, like Miami, like Miami. The reason like they're so big is because their donors, I think, are are yeah, insane. Miami also, to me, it just seems like like a, it would fit the Big Ten a little bit. You know. What do you mean by that? Like, it, it, in terms of just like the school, like the academics seem to fit the Big Ten a little bit more in the SEC. But again, the SEC is a wide variety mm-hmm. of. Um, schools and programs, but Miami just seems like they're really well, well-rounded in terms of their athletic department. Mm-hmm. It's a good school. It, it's a good school. Um, I think there's honestly a solid amount of Big Ten transplants that live in that area mm-hmm. um, of Florida, so I think it makes sense from that perspective as well. I, I don't think that they move the needle so much for the Big Ten to have them at like, the top list of their choices, but I think if the, the Big Ten strikes out on some of the other choices, like they might take a look. Yeah. Like... I, I like I said I think Miami is kind of in the Texas USC tier yeah. just because like their their donors are ridiculous. Yeah, but I, I think Miami might. There, there are some Miami administrators who would prefer a Big Ten move instead of an SEC move. Like from the perspective of Miami, I think I think some people or some fans would rather be in the Big Ten than the SEC. Yeah, maybe I like. I, yeah, I think it's, it's, not cer- to, I think, it's not up to them. I, up no, to no, 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 no. Yeah. I think it certainly helps them like competitively from from that standpoint. Yeah, but they would have they would have huge recruiting pitch being in, like that south, like mm-hmm. that, the southern school in the yeah. Big Ten. Um, like the SEC schools are already recruiting. Yeah, I talked so. about southern schools in the Big Ten because I don't think we're either going to pick these for ours. But I've heard a little bit maybe yesterday on Twitter about Georgia Tech, the Big Ten. Okay. 
And that's been, even in the first rounds of the Big Ten um, realignment where they got, I believe like it was Maryland, Rutgers, Nebraska, those guys, mm-hmm. they were talking about Georgia Tech because you have that Atlanta market, um, that Southern school academically fits the Big Ten. I don't know if I would personally take Georgia Tech to even look at them just because of how poor their football program is currently. Yeah. But they have history. They have the market. Again, I'm not sure how much individual like cable markets are anymore because, like these, like Fox and ESPN are looking at it from like a streaming perspective too. So it's mm-hmm. like, who cares if people are gonna buy the local TV package for like Big Ten football? Yeah. Um, but I, it's worth noting because I don't know if we're gonna touch on them on this podcast that Georgia Tech has been linked in some capacity to wanting to be in the Big Ten. And like it, it makes sense because they have they have history, like you said, it gives them the Atlanta market. And the other thing about Georgia Tech is they've kind of had a like transition period because they ran the triple option for the longest yeah. time in football. And when their coach retired, you have to hire a new coach. You either have to hire a new triple op- option coach, which there aren't many of them, yep. and, or you have to go a completely different system. And when you take players from a triple option system and try to run something else, it's going to take a while to adjust to that. Yeah, and also Jeff Collins is really terrible. The, the <laughs> coach is yeah. bad. So I don't really know. Again, I've seen arguments that the Big Ten would like it for to get into that Georgia recruiting market. But again, like – the national brands are going to recruit nationally no matter what. I, I, right. I think that's also overstated. Like People are saying how the Big Ten, it, it's so big for the Big Ten that USC and UCLA are joining so they can get into the California market. No, like, the, the top schools who would be getting those types of kids are getting them with or without USC or UCLA being in the Big Ten. I think that argument of recruiting like footprint is over overblown. But mm-hmm. Again, I could be wrong. I'm just... So, so who would be your third pick for the Big Ten? Okay, my third pick for the Big Ten. This is really interesting because I do like Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I think about it... The, like, the thing with them is, like, you, like, think, like, oh, like, different portion of the country, different market. But, like, their market's not that big. There don't have many people that live there. No. No one lives in Oregon. Like, the Pacific Northwest is not a populated like, like, place. No, like, literally no one lives there. That, like, it's... It's kind of like the argument against like Seattle getting the NBA the NBA team back, yeah. and like it's the same thing here. Man, I don't know. I, I okay. I said Stanford, Notre Dame already. I feel pretty confident on those two. Is mm-hmm. I would take them. Okay. Yeah. I honestly think that both Notre Dame and Stanford have a silent agreement with the Big Ten anyway. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> but, I would not be surprised. Listen, I haven't seen anything about Stanford. Like, well, I've seen some stuff, but I, like we've seen mostly Oregon, Washington. To the Big Ten, and I think that's because Oregon and Washington are trying to put that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, the more silent Sanford is, the more confident I feel that they're in the Big Ten already. Mm-hmm. But there's a real drop-off here, and I'm not even sure at this point the Big Ten takes more teams. Unless, uh, UNC would be my pick. Yeah, that, 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 would, that would make the most sense. Would be my pick. They Again, they extend the, the brand further on um, East Coast. Like, good... All around school, like they're the Michigan of the East Coast. Yeah. Like they make sense. They yeah. they definitely make sense. And they make you money on basketball. Yeah, too. big flagship program, making money in basketball, big brand. It, good, it, good donors. It, it just makes yeah. sense. Like academically, it makes sense. They're they're an AAU school, which um, for those not not like who who are not as familiar with college realignment, that's been like one of the main things in the mm-hmm. Big Ten is the AAU, which is a I believe it's like an academic research funding share. 
within like type thing within a conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it brings in like billions of dollars of research money for the Big Ten. So they like to acquire other schools who can help with that funding. UNC is one of those. They just fit. They fit. They seem yeah. like a perfect option to me. Yeah. For the SEC, I think my next one would probably be Florida State then. Just because like like they're really down right now. And I don't know if Mike Novell is a good coach or not. I, I, I'm leaning towards he's not a good coach. But they're a big enough brand that they have a fan base that'll make you money anyway. Florida State's really interesting because they are in the region as well. Yeah. Uh, w- w- so you would take Clemson over Florida State in, in like your order. If, you, if you're the SEC, you could take any schools. I, I think – I honestly think my first pick would be Miami. And and, okay. and then I think I would go Clemson and Florida State. Yeah. Because like, like at least with Miami, like they're trending towards being back to where they were. Florida yeah. State isn't close right now. Not even, not even. Florida State is also interesting because again, like they they do have a little bit more of that football history and like successful football history Mm -hmm. you want, but like Florida's gonna be pissed if if Florida State joins. Yeah. Right. Which I don't even think the SEC cares about what Florida has to say. But like, (laughs) like the SEC, like they have teams in in like the same locations and like it's it's working. Like yeah, but yeah, like those are obviously established programs. If you're just trying to field teams to get to 20 or to get like that number, then you of course take those. Yeah. And I I think that's what they'll do. So again, I'm fine with that. Then I guess my next few picks for the Big Ten, it should be Oregon. I'm still really skeptical because if I was talking about Clemson being a team that might fall, like people might be putting too much faith in their like recent success. Oregon's like the exact same, even more. Like they've been artificially created at a, as a football factory due to Nike and Phil Knight. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really uh, <laughs> Oregon's so interesting because they've been really good in, in football. They've been a, a large brand mm-hmm. with the whole like Nike and, and the and, like, and everything. Maybe when maybe after a couple years in the Big Ten, they do make you like a lot of money because like people become more invested in them. Yeah, I, personally, like I don't think. If the Big Ten really wanted Oregon and Washington, they would have taken them already. Mm-hmm. They would have taken them with USC and UCLA. Yeah. And something tells me, and again, like I have no, I, I don't have any sources for this, but just from like I'm thinking through what some of these teams or athletic departments are, are and presidents are like working through. I don't think USC and UCLA really care to have Oregon in the Big Ten. I don't think I, I really don't, and I no. don't think the Big Ten needs Oregon. Like, and so then then why do you why do you take them? If, if they're not going to increase your revenue as a conference and right. they're not going to bring in new eyes or new eyeballs in, in the TV market, then you take them for the colorful jerseys? Like, <laughs> why, why do you try like to the, qu- the question has to be, like, what are they doing for you? Yeah. And what does Oregon give you? And, like, I don't, like, neither of those programs have super rich histories. Well, a national, a, a national competitor. Like, they, or, they do give you that, but, like, like, I keep coming back to the fact that, like, their fan bases aren't, like, Big enough to support what the well, Big Ten yeah, wants. Yeah, well, Oregon itself, like the state of Oregon, doesn't have many people, but the Oregon like brand does travel. Like it is one of the large. I think it's like a top twenty-five brand in college football. So you can't discount that. Mm-hmm. But and, and they fit the Big Ten. They again, they're AAU like the with the research um, agreement. They are like a, a large state school. Like they seem to fit it, but. I don't know if the Big Ten needs them. I, they don't. They don't need them. No. So, as like 
they probably really want to be in the Big Ten. That's probably their preferred choice, but it's really interesting. If Notre Dame can't get Stanford on board, I think Oregon's going to be the team that goes on, but I don't know. I don't know. I think they talk to UNC first. Like, the the SEC then for the final pick would be so interesting, because... I, like I think the SEC might take. Would the SEC take Oregon? I don't think so. They need a West Coast brand. I, I know, but like they're and, already and made. Like Dan Landing is there. I know. Yeah, they are. They're already making so much money though that like I'm not sure. Like they're they're like bottom tier schools are making like upwards of forty million already, which is yeah. which is pretty good for like well, for like the Kentucky and Mizzou yeah, and, and like Vanderbilt brands. In terms of the arms race, though, like the next Big Ten deal, if the SEC does nothing, which they, they're not going to do nothing, the Big Ten would sign a larger deal. So the SEC is playing from behind. I think they ultimately end up on top, but currently they're playing from behind. They I, need to make a splash. I was thinking like potentially like going northeast for them and like maybe Boston College because no like, chance. But because like like think about it, really good school. Up and coming football program. SEC in Boston College. Yeah, I mean it gives you a different. It gives you a market. It gives you a different region. If you were to tell me, out of all the ACC teams that fit the SEC, Boston, Boston College, College definitely not it. Boston College wouldn't even be in my top eight or nine. Like Boston College, again, I I get it from a standpoint of they're looking to acquire like new markets. But if you go after like, why don't you just go after UNC if if they really well, what if UNC is already gone? Like in the situation, UNC is already gone. Then they go. Then they go south. I guess Georgia, if you're Georgia at Tech, Wolves, like that, they dude, Tech. like they don't need teams. Like they don't need Georgia Oregon. Tech. Dude, they would get Oregon. The SEC's capital is Atlanta, so like they, I, I they think, don't need Georgia listen, Tech. Listen, I think the SEC is concerned with the fact that the West Coast is going to be a Big Ten conference mm-hmm. or like be part of the Big Ten footprint, and that's a large part of the TV market that you need. Like. That is, uh, and honestly, I think the with in terms of like the Big Ten transplants, a lot of them are in the West Coast, anyways. And mm-hmm. so you're playing from behind. The culture fit is more Big Ten in the West Coast, anyways. I think the SEC might want to get a West Coast school, and Oregon. Yeah. Oregon would be so dude. How interesting would it be? Oregon, Oregon and, the SEC. and they're like, see, like politics in the SEC. So like. The SEC has, like, started to, like, not started, they have been for years now, but they've been playing, like, SEC schools at neutral sites in the South in their non-conference games. Like, Washington went and played Auburn one year. Oregon went and played Auburn one year. Um, USC USC was, I think, supposed to play Bama um, two years ago. So, like, it's kind of already, like... They're kind of already trying to get into into the South in some aspect. I just, like... Does like does Oregon make the, make the SEC money? Like that's it, I think it's, it might. Like it, it could be the same argument. No, no, no it, it might. Yeah, but like the SEC might be willing to lose money on like with that one school if that means they can capture more of the West Coast market. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like the reason the Big Ten, the Oregon won't make money for the Big Ten is because they already have US, USC and UCLA mm-hmm. and probably Stanford. So, like the opportunity cost is is much greater. For the Big Ten, like versus the SEC, yeah. um, let's talk a little bit about. So we went through the big boys, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing whatever they want. Now let's go through the smaller conference who don't have that choice, and they're scrambling to pick up teams to <laughs> yeah. keep their conference alive, okay? And 
I, there's been some crazy rumors. This is like the most fun part of the conference realignment. <laughs> like I've heard like I've heard craziness. Unbelievable stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard like like a coastal conference with the the remaining Pac twelve schools, which again there might not be many after the Big Twelve, Big 12 Big Ten, in, yeah. and the SEC is done with them. But the Pac twelve schools and the ACC schools combining to create like a like a coastal market market coastal conference. I've seen stuff that says the Big Twelve is going to get Oregon and Washington. Which if I'm Oregon and Washington, I'm holding that deal off as long as possible to yeah. see what the Big Ten does. I've seen the the one like constant I've seen is that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Utah will Big be 12. acquired by the Big 12. And yeah. to me, that makes sense for both mm-hmm. parties. Big 12 is going to want more dogs in the fight. Yeah. They're trying to become that third conference behind the Big 10 and the SEC in terms of competing on the football landscape. Make, in the region, makes a ton of sense. That's a pretty good conference. Um, and Utah's good. Utah's, Utah's, a, good, really Utah's good. a good program. And listen, honestly, Utah fits the Big, Big 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was close to picking Utah for my Big 10 pick. <laughs> Honestly, like get listen, different market. Utah gets like, Urban Meyer back, hires back Urban Meyer. They go you're, to sold. you're sold. They go, I'm sold. It's <laughs> but Kyle Whittingham not telling yeah. you. Yeah. Also, the, the storylines are incredible. Like Colorado leaving the Big Twelve, going to the Pac Twelve, and now leaving the Pac Twelve, going back to the Big Twelve mm-hmm. is, is incredible. Um, I've seen like Pitt maybe joining the Big Twelve, which I think is their natural spot. Anyway. Yeah, I mean like the, like yeah, West Virginia rivalry. They play them this year, I think. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to see that back. Very interesting. I've seen like ACC schools joining the Big Twelve, possibly. Just we're not sure about that yet. That, that, I'm guessing that would be like a Virginia Tech and a Virginia. That would definitely be Virginia Tech and Virginia. Yeah, because Virginia Tech does have some sort of a brand for football. But Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah makes mm-hmm. a ton of sense with the Big Twelve. That is a good third conference. Probably not a mid-major, too. No, just a, not a mid-major. Just a step below, which is and, nice. And, what and, and the thing is, like, they would still have a fighting chance every year of being the best basketball conference. Yeah. Literally with will. what they have. For sure, for sure. And also, like, when the time comes for the college football playoff um, adjustments, I assume that... They, they would get a They, they would probably get an auto bid. Yeah. Whereas the Big Ten, the SEC will get, like, four or five auto yeah. bids. But whatever. <laughs> uh, then, from the Pac-12 perspective, we touched on it earlier, but... In your opinion, what do they do at this point to keep their confidence from falling apart? So, if those if they lose those four, like, and uh, and they lose Oregon and Washington as well, that leaves that in Stanford that leaves three teams: leaves Cal, it leaves Oregon Oregon State, State and Washington State. Cal is actually kind of interesting because they're because like why not? They're a really good school. (laughs) Like they're really bankrupt. Their athletic department has no money. So that's so interesting. They could have a few years ago, maybe more than a few years ago. But if you would have said like who from the Pac-12 would join the Big Ten, you'd probably say Cal because they're really one of the top schools in the country. Yeah, and they 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 fit in terms of like like in part of that state school program. They have a large alumni base. They have Mm -hmm. solid athletics, but. I mean, not like literally the best engineering program in the entire country. Yeah. So like, but Duke, how might be like they might they might join the Big Twelve. Yeah. Would they join the Big Twelve? Like, it, like how do you bring in an athletic department with that that is has no money though? Like, like you, I have no. Like they'd have to like the Big Twelve know. would have to like bail them know. out like almost. And I, I don't know. The Mountain West is the move. Well, the well I think like those teams would end up going to the Mountain West, and that's that's terrible. Which that's so bad. Which like. That, and, that, and then that the, kills like, the school. That, that kills Washington State, kills Oregon State. And like, 
it, it kind of kills Cal too because they like. It kills Cal. But at least Cal's like the academics. They'll still get like revenue from like what, what's Washington State getting? Nothing. Nothing. They'll have to like those. Those will be teams that'll like be like scheduling like high majors in non-con yeah. to to make their money. Which is why it's so upset. That's the upsetting part about the college realignment is like the teams that like Pullman, Washington is. It's just been one of those places that's like teams in the Pac-12 hate playing there because it's it's freezing cold. It's in the middle of nowhere. They have to take like a three-hour plane ride. USC would have made the playoff if they didn't have to play yeah, on a Thursday a good night. Fan base. It, it's crazy. Like they're one of the charming programs in college football, and to see them just now they're basically nothing. It's, yeah, it, it that, is a hit. That that that, that one's tough. The like, Oregon State like forget about. Them. But they were getting like, better. I couldn't. They, were like, they, they had a good year last year. I could not care one bit about their athletic yeah. program. After after the 2021 NCAA tournament, I was done with all things Oregon yeah. State. Yeah, so I guess we could talk on the other side. We'll go from one coast to the next. We'll go to the ACC, and their situation is different because mm-hmm. they have a grant of rights agreement through 2035, I believe. It yeah. basically says that none of the ACC schools are allowed to leave the conference, collude to leaving the conference, unless they basically want to put their finances in purgatory for years mm-hmm. so it makes it super hard for these teams to leave again not impossible if eight of the teams i believe want to dissolve the grant of rights they can see like the thing is i think the team so the conferences here's the thing if the sec and big 10 came to acc schools and told them you're gonna like lose this money from yeah. the and ACC. First of all, they're, 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 the conferences themselves are technically not allowed to do that, which mm-hmm. is why all the reports say USC and UCLA contacted the Big Ten, mm-hmm. which not the case. It's just like the the conferences can't really like it's collusion. It's, yeah, it's, no, too, I, it's a big thing. I, I get it, but like the thing is, if they want, if the, them, uh, like the SEC and ACC or uh, SEC and Big Ten could financially yes. support those schools while they were like under fire from the ACC, that they they could. Mm-hmm. Teams like Notre Dame could financially support them by themselves. No, Notre Dame doesn't have that problem because yeah. they're an independent Notre Dame school. Notre Dame can do whatever they want. So. But Notre Dame also is in a tricky situation because their TV rights agreement ends in 2025 with NBC. So they are in no rush to change it. The, pr- the, the other problem is, like, does this, like, if the SEC takes two or three ACC schools and the Big Ten takes, like, one or two ACC schools, does that agree? Is that agreement then, like, gone? And like the Big Twelve can just take who they want. Because yes, if if eight schools dissolve the grant of rights, it's over, which means it's fair game for everyone. But you can try to count out the eight, like unless because there's also a term in it that says that um, a party will a school will like void the contract if they collude to dissolving. So it's like the contract's really poorly written, super yeah. complex, but. Someone's there's gotta be like loopholes you can find. There are loopholes, but again, it's so poorly written that it's like impossible to get out of. Yeah, because there's no like basis on it. Mm-hmm. Like someone's going to get sued, and it's really complicated. Again, never sign a contract that long if if you're thinking that you might yeah. leave. But very interesting. But the, the, yeah, the ACC, ACC, they're kind of like second tier schools are are interesting and in, yeah. in what they well, do. Because their second tier schools are better than the Pac-12 second tier. Way better. Way yeah. better, both academically and athletically. I mean, we're, we're calling Virginia a second-tier school in the ACC. Like, mm-hmm. that, they can find a place to play. Yeah. So, same, same with Virginia Tech, same with Louisville, same Which with Which is why I'd like to see maybe, like, a Big 12 ACC combination just have, like, 30 teams or something. The, the interesting one to me, it, and 
I guess I guess they're a second-tier ACC school just because of how college athletics are ran is Duke. Yeah. Because Duke's football program is very poor. Very, very poor. Do I want to hear my proposition for Duke? You're going to say they want they go to the Big East. I'm going to say they go independent in football. And play basketball and in the Big East. And play basketball in the Big East. Or play basketball somewhere. I, I would be fine with that. Yeah. I, I'd, like, and the thing, like, I'd be fine with if their football program and, like, became, like, mid-major and played, like, the American or something like that. And then, like, the rest of their programs went to the Big yeah. East. I mean, again, like, I think there would be demand for Duke's basketball brand if they were on a different level, like, revenue-sharing tier. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say the Big Ten, for example. UNC comes, but they say, listen, we want to bring Duke for basketball. The Big Ten can then say, okay, Duke can go independent for football. They can come in and play basketball with us, but they're on, like, a completely different revenue-sharing tier. So they yeah. they're not making the $100 million that the other schools are making, but they're still, like, Making what their basketball programs were. Well, whether yeah, because like they, like their basketball program is a money maker. Yeah. I, I I looked it up the other day. I think like a couple years ago they were making like thirty two million a, yeah. a year in basketball, which is like that's like a that's like a lower tier like Big Ten school for football would, yeah, no, would make. So yeah, like, and, and that would be fine. And I think the key of this is that the Big Ten is all the leverage. They can really if there's no ACC for Duke to play basketball, and their next options are the Big East, Big East, yeah, or the Big. Big Ten for basketball, yeah. only. and like what 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 would be really interesting is if the Big East came in and tried to poach like all the basketball and, teams and that like didn't have their, football yeah, programs. Yeah, their football programs all like, independent. They tried. They they went and got a Duke. They went and got Gonzaga, and then they went and like and even like even Kansas. I, I think would would be interesting because like Kansas should stay in the Big Twelve. Obvi- like obviously they should. Be, they're going to be making a lot more money. Yeah. No. Like they should, but like. Their, their basketball program is a moneymaker, and their football program is yeah. is not. Their football program is obviously going to be one of those those programs that gets but, that is beneficiary. Like with some of the numbers thrown out, I I feel like even the Big 12's network, mm-hmm. um, if they can acquire some of these other schools, I think their network agreement is still going to pay out larger than a basketball only Duke going to the Big East. But like a, a Syracuse would be would be interesting for the Big East, and then like I think Memphis maybe as well because. Like like uh, like Memphis they're they're in, they're in a really bad situation right now. Yeah, in that conference they who they re- they recently acquired like a bunch of it was the uh, it was it was the conference yeah. it was like North Texas like uh, UTEP maybe I forget who else yeah you know, like UTSA I think yeah but yeah. no they're in the Western Kentucky maybe they're in a they're in a bad spot because. Their football program is too big to play in the American, and but they have a good football. Like their football program is not terrible like these other schools. Right. Like, no, but they, that's they what I. They could win. They could win in the big. Maybe the Big Twelve wants Memphis. Maybe. They, fit, they listen. They fit the. Uh, yeah, they have like they have Tennessee's a, huge. They have a football training, profile, yeah. so like like. I haven't seen that at all. Yeah, the Amer- <laughs> like that's that's the thing with this is because like Memphis' says football football program is too big for the American to support it. Yeah, like the, their brand football is just way bigger than but like Memphis. I feel like can play Power Five football or yeah, not no, Power they ab- Five like Power Three. I guess. Yeah, they, no, they absolutely can, which is like why I think the Big Twelve is interesting. Yeah, are, are they they're gonna be upset like, that their basketball programs? Can if if, if not, who takes them? Like the, like the Mountain West is a slightly bigger conference than the American, but like, oh my, yeah, dear it's God. uh. Some of these, the, the really interesting aspects of this are the schools that you're not sure what, what they're going to do. Like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm trying to think of some of these other examples. NC uh, State. NC State. 
very interesting. It gets more interesting when you have multiple teams from the same state that Lu- are trying to Louisville leave. is an interesting one to me because they like feel they feel like SEC. Lu- Louisville to the Big Ten to the Big Twelve feels very likely. Yeah, I would almost call that a lock. So like after so after the Big Twelve gets these, if Yo, wait, can, we, can we count like the Big Twelve schools? I feel like every team we think of is just gonna well. Be the, the Big, Big 12. Twelve with all their additions. Well, let's the Big Twelve not including their additions. Of the Pac-12 schools is at 12 teams right now. But you're including Cincinnati, UCLA. Yeah, no, I'm cl- including those four, which... They're at how many? 12. 12, Because okay. they, they lost Oklahoma and Texas, and then they oh, added yeah, And four. the magic number is 20, so we need eight teams. So, so you add the, if you add the six Pac-12 teams, they have two spots. Okay, and then if you add... Who else do we say? Oh, so maybe the AC... Some, like... Who are the who are they add from the ACC? The, I, think Virginia, the, I think Virginia Tech and Pitt would be the two. Virginia Tech and Pitt... Do they go 24? And then they could add NC State, NC State, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and then maybe like a Memphis. Or, 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 or Boston or, College. Or a leftover from what the Ace, from like let's say Miami for some reason is not picked up. Yeah, they, they I'm, tr- I'm trying to think like maybe, maybe Duke entices them because of their academics. But here's the thing too maybe Miami wants to be like the top dog in a Big 12 conference. Like they want to be the best of that conference. Just like how Texas and Oklahoma were the best out of that. For, from a casual fan perspective, they would get absolutely torched for that. No, they, they would get torched, but they would be the best team in that conference. Yeah, no, easily. Well, Baylor, like, I mean, Baylor, Oklahoma State TCU. would be the next two. TCU is, TCU is a weird situation right now. See, so, yeah, at what point do we expand into non-American colleges? <laughs> Non-American. At this rate, we need more schools. Yeah, we do need more schools. We need more FBS teams. <laughs> this, this, like, I'm looking at the Aaron Torres draft, like... I don't think I don't know who he did this with Dan Byer, who I've ne- never heard of. But this is like this is so interesting to me because like Big Ten like the like if the, the, the SEC and Big Ten both picked six more teams, like Duke and UConn would not be two of them. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think. think anyone's picking Duke as like I would, here's what we're doing. They're gonna pick Duke if they're falling apart and want extra on top. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want like the extra. Honestly, it's whatever between the Big Ten and the SEC. Dude, I, would, I, would, I would love Duke, Duke up here in the Big Ten. Duke for, makes for, sense for in the Big Ten. They really make sense. I would love it. They'd play all these road games up here. Dude, I, you like, could have the Northwestern of the mid- Midwest. You could have the Northwestern of the West Coast. You could mm-hmm. have the Midwest of the East Coast. Yeah. There's Northwesterns everywhere. That. You have Stanford, <laughs> Northwestern, yeah, and Duke. And Duke. Yeah. Now you just need like a Vanderbilt in your set. Yeah, and honestly, we'll face the profile too. <laughs> we'll have like a pod because we're talking about like the Big Ten pods. We have like the... Uh, like non Ivy League school pod with like Stanford, yeah. Northwestern, Duke. Northwestern and Stanford in football every year would be would be something else. They, like didn't, they played like three years ago, didn't they? Yeah, I, f- I feel like yeah. I want to see Stanford in a in a like conference that's gonna push them to actually like, use their resources for football. Yeah, I mean, like I think they're pretty satisfied with being with going like. Seven five every yeah. year and, and being like, like and being still like the third biggest money maker in the Pac twelve. You know what? Stanford in the West in the Big Ten West right now wouldn't probably go seven and five. Like they might go like eight and four. Like, the Big Ten West currently is pretty bad. Or do you think that Stanford is? I think Stan like Stanford in this upcoming year would probably be like the fifth best team in the. In what the about Big Stanford Ten West? last year? Stanford last year was awful. But they beat but like, but like, they beat Oregon. No, no, no. So. Stanford as like a good Stanford, like a like an eight and four Stanford. Oh, in the like, Big Ten West last year with Big Ten, with last year's Big Ten West team. Like, like, because back Ten in West like, last year back in like 2015, 2014, like 
like right when the playoff was starting, like those Stanford teams. Yeah, Shaw had the, those Stanford. Those Stanford teams like consistently well, win the West. This is still Harbaugh. They, they consistently was, win the West. It was still like uh, Harbaugh's influence was still there. Yeah. Like now that we're like years removed from Harbaugh at Stanford, like I don't think Shaw is bad. I just like no, they're not. Just, they're not using their like they're not using what they have. Yeah. And, and like I don't think like they should be awful this year. Well, but like you know what killed Stanford? It was the early signing day. Yeah. Because Stanford. You need if you want to play football at Stanford, you need to get into the early. You need to get into school first. Yeah. But the problem is the early enrolly date or the um early is, is before Stanford. The early signing date is before day. the acceptance yeah. date. Yeah. So these guys aren't going to sign on to a school they're not accepted to yet, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't. Like that's, they, they really <laughs> it's can't. not legal. <laughs> like like they they might be screwed honestly. In yeah. Terms of, but like you mentioned something to me last week. Like could the Big Ten get like the NCAA to move the early signing day? They could, but the SEC will say no way. The SEC loves the early signing day. Well, yeah, because I mean, the SEC is a bunch of like mostly low academic yeah. schools. Yeah, no, no, they, they like love I mean, their that, guys like, that, like uh, you know, that's the only reason Vanderbilt's in the conference. It carries its academics. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I'm trying to think of what we haven't gone over relating to realignment. Like we talked about the Pac-12 side, we mm-hmm. talked about the Big 12, we talked about ACC, Big Ten, SEC, Little Big East. Little Big East, what's the let's end on like the overarching effect on maybe like a prediction. It could be specific teams. I, I like want to know like what like I want to like I'm I've been curious about what the college football playoff format's gonna look like when this is all set and done. Twelve teams, okay, five from both the Big Ten and, and the SEC, SEC and the and two big, more big twelve, gets, big twelve gets two. Yeah, interesting. That's what well, I see. Like. It's just interesting well, to me because, large. like, maybe like one at large have like thirteen give someone because, like, like the thing is, I don't think like there are gonna be ACC teams that are left out just because of the like unless all these conferences go to twenty four, I there are gonna be ACC teams left out yeah. because there's just statistically not enough spots. For well, what if you do this? So the real reason why the playoff is so talked about is because the it, the playoffs owned by these by ESPN or, or Fox mm-hmm. and they're trying to like make the most money by having the most amount of their teams that they media race in to make money. So what about this? The Big Ten, it's a little NFC, AFC type thing. Okay. The Big Ten and Fox runs their own playoff. Okay. Let's say there's going to be, what, 20 teams? We'll have 10 teams that make the playoff. Okay. In a full, like, maybe, what, three, what would it be, four games, I believe? Yeah. In the playoff? Fine. Four games in the playoff. Okay. They'll play, like, the Rose Bowl Stadium. They'll play Lucas Oil. They'll play... In all these big venues in these big cities, the SEC does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the winner of the Fox Big Ten playoff and the winner of the ESPN SEC playoff play in the national championship game, which is like crazy. Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting. I just like I don't like where would the Big Twelve fit in in that? No, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is the worst. This is the nightmare for the Big Twelve. Yeah, no, the Big Twelve just com- gets completely left They'll out. They'll play their own tournament. Despite being themselves a national champions. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> we'll UCF, UCF would get to claim it again. Yeah. Listen, we're going so far in the future that we're going back to claim national championships. Yeah. Like so honestly, this, I'm okay with it as well. Yeah. No, but I don't have a problem with it. It's just, it's so interesting to me because the idea that I came up with a couple years ago is. The like, or not a couple years ago, but a couple like a week ago. If the ACC survives, which it doesn't look like it's going to, it but, might though. But if, if they, they have the grant of rights, if the, a- if the ACC survives, what you do is you expand six teams 
which it, like seems unlikely, but I prefer smaller playoffs because I think yeah. they work better. But you you go to six teams, your top two seeds are your SEC champion, Big Ten champion. Your your three seed and four seed are your ACC and Big Twelve champions, and then the five and six seeds are the runner ups in the SEC and Big Ten, and they go and the big SEC and Big Ten runner ups play the first round of the playoff yeah. at the ACC and at the Big 12 champion site. I just think that, like, with the way the conferences are, are going, like, the Big 10 and the SEC are so much more competitive. Like, teams are going to have more losses <laughs> and, like, still be better teams. Like, to me, one ACC champion is worth, like, three or four Big 10 runner-ups. You yeah. Know? Does that make sense? Right. No, like, I also think, like, like, I think, like, if with when this comes, like your your idea of like a Big Ten and SEC playoff, like just play ten conference games and then go, and then go to go into this or like or or play twelve conference games. Who was it round robin? Like have like yeah, like like you, like obviously there are too many teams to play an exact yeah. round robin, but like you have like your like that three or so four designated matchups. Every I haven't year. heard. So you basically say no committee. Like screw the committee. Yeah, do, do you guys hate this committee? Who likes this committee? Well, ESPN likes the committee because they can choose what teams they wanted or not. ESPN like also likes the committee because they get to have their show every week and it makes yeah, them money. Exactly. But I like that idea though. Like you just do a standing system, just like mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah. And you just have seeds. How about this? The same seeds from each side play their first round matchup against the corresponding SEC. It's like the Big Ten four seed plays the SEC four seed. Or no, no no it would be it would be Big Ten four seed plus the SEC yeah, yeah, one seed yeah, yeah that that would be interesting wouldn't that be fun and that would that would be almost like World Cup think about the bragging rights think yeah. about like oh like the Big Ten mm-hmm. upset like Georgia like Minnesota and, like, beat Georgia and or it, it would like <laughs> Minnesota beats Georgia it would it would also completely eliminate conference bias and and yeah. and regional bias yeah which listen like. make it bigger how about this you have. Um, Okay, okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> we're, we're, right you, now, do you know right? what I'm about to say? We're getting into like Mike Leach territory right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no. here's what I'm building now, okay? I'm saying that there are, are six teams. So each, okay, Big Ten, SEC, Big 12 combines with the ACC to become the Coastal Conference, okay? So okay. now you have three conferences. Yep. Big Ten, SEC, Coastal. Coastal. Okay, Coastal has more teams, but they're going to get less spots in the playoffs. So here's mm-hmm. how it works three conferences is difficult because now you need to match up based on yeah. teams. So you have, let's say, six teams from the Big Ten, six from the SEC, so you have 12. And then let's do like four. Four from the Big 12. Four, okay, so that's 16, 16. teams. Okay. Which is perfect. Which is perfect. That's what they wanted anyway. <laughs> they want a 16-team class. Yeah. Okay? You match up based on, this is where if you want a committee to sell your shows or whatever, this is where the committee then ranks all these teams. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now that is your playoff like seating. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you play your playoff seedings. Now you can either do single buys for the, um, the top like eight, top, I think top eight, or you can do like a double. You could do like a, uh, certain teams who have, let's say, in the Big Ten and SEC, who have maybe lost more games, but like are better teams for, based on the rankings. Maybe they had like a double elimination type thing, so you can <laughs> end up with like an elimination match with okay. like some like you get like TCU going up against some like Big Ten team and like. TCU has doesn't have any losses, but still elimination. You, you could also do it that like the top teams, like the top four seeds, only have to play three games, kind of like yeah. how the old Big East tournament yeah. was, and that way you could get both aspects in, where like you play the first couple rounds like on campus, but then once you get to like 
the quarterfinals. Yeah. Like then you get dude, like the neutral sites. I, I, I want and, home site games. Yeah, I no, want, dude. I, I, I want dude, a southern school to go up to Ann Arbor. Yes, I I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Ole Miss go play at Kinnick in the first round oh of the college God. football playoff. It would be absurd. Think, think about how cool it would be for the for the campuses yeah. to have that. No, it would. Like these kids, these kids would all stay over over break to, to see yeah. this. And I think it makes everyone happy. It makes the top schools in, in all the conferences happy. Mm-hmm. The coastal conference, the new one I created, is ecstatic. Yeah, they, they get, get their spots. Teams. They get their spots. Yeah, <laughs> um, the SEC is happy because they have a ton of teams in that, and they have home sites that can be. Like, the home team will have the media rights for that game. Yeah. So, like, the SEC and the Big Ten are fine. Fox and ESPN, great. They split the amount of games. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good for everyone. And, and the, the Final Four will be nuts. Because then you play, like, one game at, like, the Rose Bowl Stadium. You play one game, like, um, New Orleans. You play one game in Indy. One game, like, the East Coast somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, be fun. and, like, you can keep the committee involved, which makes money. And yeah. it's still, like... You still make it so the teams have to earn it to, to be there. Exactly. Both in the regular season That's, and the playoffs. We're going to end it on that because I think it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> but, again, thanks for listening. Jonathan, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks on. for having me on. This is a ton of fun. Yeah, and also if you guys into like college, college basketball stuff, your summer project, um, I think it's like Selection, selection Summer. Selection Summer, yeah. It's going on right now, so make sure to check that out. It's awesome. I was on I was on one of the episodes of Marathon of Mars. Yeah. Very good. Uh, again, thanks for listening. We might have, in terms of uh, after whistle, we're gonna have more. I think NBA free agency pod coming up. So stay tuned for that. Again, thanks for listening.